Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a weekly program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. This program is brought to you by Hope Fellowship, your community church located on the second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. I'm Pastor Mike Zenker, and for the next half hour, I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will help you expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. So many are tired of trying harder to live the Christian life. I've got great news for you. You can stop trying. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. Welcome back to Still Growing in Grace. I'm glad you took time to tune in again this week. We are continuing a really, really important series that began about four weeks ago. It's called Healing Life's Hurts through understanding forgiveness. And we're walking through the importance of uh, what forgiveness should look like in our own lives. Um, It does bring up misconceptions. I'm going to be dealing with some pretty heavy things. We began our discussion first talking about some definitions of what forgiveness is. And I believe there are more than one definition. There is a beautiful masterpiece of art being put together when we look at all the different and various perspectives on what forgiveness is. Then we began, uh, I think it was last week, we started talking about what is the source of our forgiveness. Maybe it was two weeks ago, uh, that it is Christ. But what does Christ mean? Who is Christ? Uh, Why is it so important to look to him as the source? And then last week, we began making a case for uh, the fact the truth that we are already forgiven. And uh, we began laying out some really, really important foundations from the scriptures. I trust my Bible. I love my Bible. I, I go to it for wisdom, for insight, for study. There's so much to be learned there. It's not just a textbook. It's a book that's designed to um, reveal to us who we are in Christ. It's, it's a picture of us growing into the knowledge of who Christ is in us. And if you look for it, you'll find it. It's not just an instruction manual or anything like that that's static and cold. This is about building a relationship with Jesus, who we say we believe in. And I think there's a lot of misunderstood, mis mistaken uh, interpretations of many verses, and I'm hoping to find a better, more hope-filled lens in looking at these verses. So today, we're going to take a look uh, at, la- well, the last time we ended with Colossians 2, verses 13 to 14. I want to begin today with what we ended with last time, because if it's been a whole week, you probably don't remember uh, what we started with and ended with. So let's get into some really good news, because this is, again, laying a case, showing us that we are already forgiven. And if we could only know that now, instead of waiting till much, much, much later, how about we be teachable right now? Here's what it says. And when you were dead in your circumcision, uh, sorry, in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us and which was hostile to you. He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. This is a very blunt, blunt verse. Very clear that he has already, one, 
not just forgiven us, but made us alive when, when we were dead. This has some serious ramifications if you think this one through. If you were to meditate on each line of this uh, verse from Colossians 2, verses 13 and 14, just meditate on it. It's going to speak grace into your heart and mind and give you tremendous encouragement. Ephesians 4.32 is another one. It says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. This is past tense. You have been forgiven. I remember as a pastor of a small church when I lived in Fort Erie, I would get to work early and I'd, I'd spend time in my prayer time and I'd be begging God to forgive me for things from way, way, way back because either I was being riddled with guilt or I wasn't quite sure if I asked the right way. But when my eyes were opened and I discovered through a revelation that I was forgiven and then it's confirmed as I'm looking through these scriptures, I found tremendous peace and I found that the power of that those sins and that guilt was gone the moment this revelation hit me. So please, if you're struggling with uh, wondering, are you forgiven? Uh-oh, did I forget to ask God to forgive me about one sin that uh, is unconfessed? You can relax. You can, you can look at God's word here and discover you are already forgiven. This is good stuff. And look at Isaiah 43, 25. If you want to find an old covenant text that kind of lays it out, here's another good one. Isaiah 43, 25. I even I am the one who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Remember, hmm, I always thought that maybe that means God is forgetful. God's not forgetful. What if remember could uh, be taken a step further? If I uh, have an accident and I dismember a finger, um, I take it to the hospital on ice, and what do they do? They reattach it. They remember it. This text in Isaiah says, I will not remember your sins. They're not going to be put on you. You're, they're forgiven. They're put away. 1 Corinthians 13, if you're going to choose a very, very popular old ancient text uh, that is read at weddings and funerals and you name it, it's 1 Corinthians. This is love keeps no record of wrongs. There is no file. It doesn't exist. It's been deleted. It keeps no record of wrongs. Why do we insist on um, God keeping a record of our wrongs? He's going to get you. I, I've even had close people to me threaten me and say, God is going to get you for that. How dare you say that? Um, God's going to punish you and just the guilt, guilt, guilt. Unbelievable lies spoken to me. And yet here we have one of the most loving texts, 1 Corinthians 13, love keeps no record of wrongs. Why? Because you're forgiven. It's been forgiven. Ephesians 4.32, Isaiah 43.25, now 1 Corinthians 13. Let's get into a couple more because it gets better. It just keeps getting better. Hopefully today you will be encouraged by what you hear. Galatians 2.20, here's a big one. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, 
I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. A couple things to point out here. This is beautiful. It says, I have been crucified. So it's a past done deal. You already have been crucified. Uh, it's not you, your ego, yourself that lives. It's Christ who lives in you. And the life that's being lived out of you is the life of Christ. It, there's one little mistake here in the New American Standard Bible. Actually, I think it's a big mistake. The King James gets it right. It says, I live in the flesh by faith in the Son of God. But there, here's the problem. The King James Bible writes it like this. I live by the faith of the Son of God instead of I live by faith in the Son of God. If we see it as uh, the onus is now on me, so if we read this text and say, I live by faith in the Son of God, then it's up to our faith. And we, we have this separation that our faith is different than Christ's. But that's not what the writer is saying. Young's literal translation says, I live by Son of God faith, which is more beautiful. So, Sometimes these, some of these verses need to be dug into a bit deeper, and we can find more hope, more encouragement. So let's live by the Son of God's faith that lives in us. It's the faith of Christ in us that lives. Now, I'm going to read it to you from the Passion Translation. I am really, really enjoying this one. And by the way, let me encourage you to not just stick with one Bible translation. If you have more than one translation around, compare them. Read them side by side. I've seen Bibles that are called parallel Bibles. So there's two translations, sometimes four. I've got one that's got eight translations side by side by side. Uh, the program I use online, um, Bible Gateway, it allows me to read five or six, I think it's five, translations side by side, and I get to compare. And I can change up the, the translations anytime I want. But please, look around. There, don't just stick with one, okay? Uh, so here's what the Passion Translation, how it reads Galatians 2.20. It says this, My old identity has been co-crucified with Messiah and no longer lives. For the nails of his cross crucified me, me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God, who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. Wow, that was beautiful. Look that up when you get home on the computer or if you have a passion translation. Uh, I just love this. It just explains it well. Uh, it also goes uh, from its translation, uses a lot of Aramaic thought and writing. And so that really helps add context to what these verses mean. That's a beautiful one. Next one, 1 Corinthians 1.30. Remember, the point today is laying a case showing from Scripture we are already forgiven. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says this, God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. 
You are free from sin. The New American Standard Bible says it the same way. It says, um, but by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. This is not of your doing. Christ made you right. Christ forgave you when you were dead in your trespasses. This happened long ago. So if you're questioning whether you're forgiven or not, this is a pretty strong case. It gets even better. Ephesians 2.5, New American Standard Bible says, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved. Hmm. Passion Translation reads it like this. Even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. Wow. When did this happen? While we were dead. You didn't even get a chance to make a decision in this. He did it to you and me long before we knew we needed quote-unquote saving. This is a powerful picture that shows us we have been forgiven by the virtue of being united with Christ. We are one. Union life is what we need to focus on, not separation. Quit talking about God being someplace that he, that, and that you're in one place and God's somewhere else. He is always with us. So when we come back to the second half of this program, I got some more really, really good news that's going to surprise your mind and excite your heart. But it's not going to be my words. It's going to be the words from the scripture. So don't go away. Uh, stay tuned to uh, from, listen to our sponsors and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. Are you looking for an encouraging church where you'll discover hope in God who truly loves and accepts you? Hope Fellowship in North Waterloo meets every Sunday at 1030 and the great coffee is only the first thing you'll appreciate. If you're looking for a safe place, a relaxed community of people who want to grow in the freedom of God's grace, welcome to Hope Fellowship, second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. Learn more at hopefellowshipycc.com and they do have that great coffee. Looking for a real estate agent that will put your needs before his? Terry Van Lent is just that agent. Caring and honest are just two of Terry's best qualities, and they shine through in his real estate career. As a longtime resident of Waterloo Region, Terry is well acquainted with the area and its multitude of attractive amenities. For an agent that cares, call Terry Van Lent at Coldwell Banker Peter Benninger Realty, 519-742-5800, extension 2060. Welcome back to the second half of Still Growing in Grace. We're continuing on this journey of discovering we are already forgiven. I hope you heard the first part of today because it just it's just going to keep getting better and better. I'm going to share with you one of my favorite texts. Uh, I've got a bunch of favorites, but this is one of the big ones because it, it speaks to the journey of growing. 2 Peter 1.9, I'm going to first read it from the um, New Living Translation because I think it, 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 this is going to be familiar to many of you. Again, this has to do with seeing the scriptures clearly communicate we are already forgiven. Here it goes. 
But those who to fail to develop in this way, and by the way, it, the context here, if you read Second uh, Peter 1, 1 to 9, or 1 to 8, there's a journey of growing there. There's a progressive um, step-by-step uh, that's being laid out. And so we now come to verse 9 and it says, but those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, here it is, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. This is a past tense. The Passion Translation says it like this, but if anyone lacks these things, he is blind, constantly closing his eyes to the mysteries of our faith and forgetting his innocence, for his past sins have been washed away. This is incredible. The implication here is that when the virtues of the divine nature are not flourishing in believers, it is because they are closing their eyes to the mysteries of faith. <laughs> They're forgetting Christ in us, the hope of glory. Oh my goodness. It's, the Aramaic can be translated that he is still searching for the purification of his original sins. Well, you can search and search all you want, but there's nothing to find. You've been purified. And if you can't remember that, or maybe, maybe you just didn't know. What if you were like me almost 20 years ago when the aha light came on and you realized, what? I am forgiven? This begging, this energy I've put out for so long was useless? I've been praying a prayer of lack of faith? Yeah, now I can pray in faith. The faith of Christ in me is praying and affirming the good news that has been shared through the scriptures. This foundation is critical. It's so important for us to know, the, the first of all, the idea of that we are forgiven. And why am I hounding on this one? Before we get into the really good meat and potatoes of this series, is because the series is going to be dealing with relational forgiveness. But we also need to understand our, our, um, our forgiveness by God. Otherwise, it can be really hard to forgive someone else. So we have to have a clear concept that we are already forgiven. And it's through that that Christ calls us to then forgive others, as we read in Ephesians just earlier. We'll come back to that one later. So there's a, there's a thing called Adam, the last Adam, not the first and, and the second Adam. It's not the second Adam. It's the last Adam. The last Adam resolved the problem that had been caused by the first one. The first one uh, caused blindness. When Jesus died, he's the last Adam. We all died with him. Again, laying a case, we are forgiven. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God, Colossians 3.3. 3. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, therefore all died. 1 Corinthians 5.14. This is not light stuff, folks. This is content that will impact your life, your thinking, your behaviors, if you just take time to focus and then believe what these words say. It's not rocket science. A child can understand this. In Romans 6, verses 4 to 5, listen to this. This is really good news. It's almost like a, if you're listening to this on the radio, this is like a, an audio devotional in a sense because of all the scriptures that, that's coming out. So Romans 6, 4 to 5, sharing in his death, 
by our baptism means that we were co-buried and entombed with him, so that when the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, we were also raised with him. We have been co-resurrected with him so that we could be empowered to walk in the freshness of new life. For since we are permanently grafted into him to experience a death like the, his, then we are permanently grafted into him to experience a resurrection like his and the new life that it imparts. You have been given good news. You have been placed into Christ. You died with Christ already. So Romans 6, 6 says this, Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that our body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Some people think they're slaves to sin. They think I, they keep saying, but this sin keeps happening. Well, that might be true, but it's your thinking. You, believe, you keep repeating to yourself that you're bound to this sin, that uh, you can't get free of it. How about declare you are free? How about start repeating biblical phrases like, you are free, you are forgiven, you're not bound by any of these sins. They're not, they don't have a hold on you, they only have the hold that you allow it to have. So let go. Take your eyes off sin. Put your eyes on Jesus. Jesus is not sin-obsessed. Religion is, and hopefully you're not. How about be Jesus-obsessed? How about be truth-obsessed? How about be obsessed with what the Scriptures say about you? I love this from the Passion Translation says this in Romans 6, 6. Could it be any clearer that our former identity is now and forever deprived of its power? For we were co-crucified with him to dismantle the stronghold of sin within us or have dominion over us so that we would not continue to live one moment longer submitted to sin's power. You are not bound to sin anymore. That was taken away at the cross. The only thing that you can put into your mind to say you're bound to sin is what you've put in there yourself. Your own thinking can do that. The scriptures are clear. You are free. So maybe some of us could be walking in that experience right now. Like right now, you are free. Start believing it. Start living it. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. That's in the New American Standard Bible. The Passion Translation says it like this. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new creation. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. <laughs> that means you are fresh and new. By the way, this would include our old identity, our life of sin, the power of Satan, the religious works of trying to please God, our old relationship with the world, and our old mindsets. We are not reformed or simply refurbished. We are made completely new by our union with Christ and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. This is good news. 1 Peter 3, 18 says this, For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. Romans 6, 10, For the death that he died, 
he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. You are forgiven forever. Well, what about the old covenant? Well, I'll tell you, some people wonder about that because there seems to be a lot of Old Testament writing that could imply we're not forgiven. There's even some uh, verses taken out of context. Some people are screaming out, yes, but our hearts are wicked and deceive us. It's terrible. And they, they quote some Old Covenant scripture, but they fail to keep reading when it says, uh-uh, we're, we're not uh, having a heart that's deceitful. We've been given a new heart. We've just finished reading that we've been made a brand new creation. You have a new heart. Abraham was forgiven by faith. Moses had a mentality of an eye for an eye. The law was given to the Jews only people, not to you and I as Gentiles. So why are you following following Jewish rules when they're never meant for you? Jesus says that and yet when he ministered, he ministered under the law to raise the awareness of sin and cause people to see their need for a savior. That law was a setup. It's a setup to show how impossible it is to get to God through good works or trying to follow rules. It's unbelievable. He spoke out of the law, but acted in grace. Jesus came to fulfill the law, and then he brought all of it to an end. He took the old covenant and brought it to an end through himself. That's why we celebrate communion. He came to fulfill the law, to take what was impossible and and totally make it perfect. Yet, he spoke from a more ancient truth of love and grace for those who have ears to hear. Listen, there is so much more good news coming. When we come back next week, please come back and tune in. You can view this online uh, at growingingrace.ca. You'll see links there to the YouTube channel so you can watch these videos. Yes, these are being recorded onto video. So you can go back and, and hear and see and engage. There's also a podcast available that you can listen to it in your car, on your phone, as you go and, and do exercising, whatever you want to do. Please tune in, share these good news messages with others who may not be aware this is going on. But uh, we're going to come back next week and continue. I think we have one more message on knowing we are already forgiven. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Family run, family owned. So their focus is on you. Conestoga Lodge Retirement Residence is a full-service retirement home in Kitchener. And you'll be impressed to know that they are not a big corporate chain. They're quality-driven with a focus on each and every individual. Conestoga Lodge offers permanent and short-term stays. To book a free, no-obligation tour, you can call 519-576-2140 or visit online at conestogalodge.com. Martin Small Engines and Auto Clinic in Elmira is more than small engines. Like their name says, Martin's is also a full-service auto clinic focused on automotive repair and service, brakes, tires, local lockout service, and so much more. Whatever you need, Martin's can do it. For that small-town feel with large shop quality, trust a team that really cares. Martin's Small Engines and Auto Clinic, Industrial Drive Elmira and martinselmira.com.
You've been listening to Still Growing in Grace. I'm Pastor Mike Zenker, and I'd like to invite you to join me next Tuesday morning at 1130 when our teaching time will continue. Or join us at 1030 every Sunday morning at Hope Fellowship, your community church located on the second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. If this show has been an encouragement to you, won't you help us spread this good news? Make your donation today by visiting stillgrowingingrace.ca. You can also catch up on past programs, watch YouTube videos of our talks, and download our weekly podcasts. Sign up for our email list and send in your questions. After all, no one has arrived, and we are all still growing in grace.